Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, returned from the beyond. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, 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 glad to be back. <laughs> I don't think your mic's on, Taste. Did you turn it off? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. And welcome to my wife, Tacey. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank Yay! you. Yay! Uh, or 347-POOHEAD. If you're listening to us live, Very which you're not, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754 754- Bear nip. Bear nip. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at DRScottWM, and visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking it over with your uh, doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. So please don't forget to go to stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com for all of your Amazon needs. Um, you can just go there and click straight through to Amazon. It really does help keep our show on the air. Thank you for using that. If you do nothing else, that's a good one. But if you want to try out Naked Wines, Dr. Scott, go to mm-hmm. wine.drsteve.com. This is the greatest thing in the world, by the way, Tacey. I just ordered you another, oh, another thank case. thank God. So wine.drsteve.com. It's, it's Naked Wines. It's gives you the ability to get in on small batch winemaking uh, from all over the country and the world. There was a batch in there from uh, um, uh, from Australia this 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 week. And on your birthday, they gave you a free bottle of wine too. It was cool. They just stuck it in your in there. Hey, this is for free. Uh, it's a really a neat thing. You 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 send a certain amount of money every month, which sounds like it's a scam, except that when you buy, then that they deduct that amount. So this is for people who are going to be ordering at least three times a year, and um, you uh, uh, you're what you're doing is you're funding the wine making up front, and then you get that money back, and uh, it's kind of nice. It's been really good wine too. I bought. 250 bucks worth of wine, my bill was like $85. Mm-hmm. So uh, check it out. Wine, W-I-N-E at Dr. St- uh, sorry, wine.drsteve.com. And don't forget tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID for 33% off. 
your uh, best earbuds. And if you want to lose weight with us, and we are both on track doing very well with Noom, N-O-O-M, dot drsteve.com. You get two weeks free, and uh, you get 20% off if you decide to try it. And um, we're probably going to be wrapping up that promotion here pretty soon, probably by the first of the year. So uh, check it out, Noom. Dot drsteve.com and then Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. I'm down 12 pounds. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to have pizza tonight. <laughs> there we go. Well, but that's the thing, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. Yeah. Good for you. And you're going to pay for it. I am. That's the other side of, uh, of this thing, is I pay for your food. So. All right, very good. All right, very good. So um, good to have you back, Dr. Scott. I'm happy to be back in the saddle again. What you been up to? Um, Never mind. Nobody cares. <laughs> are you still doing <laughs> simplyherbals.net? We are. Yeah, we okay, are. so check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. We've continued to plug it even though you haven't been here for the last, God, it's been like six months. Six months. I know. It's, it's been know. a bunch of bullshit if you ask me. <laughs> I like being here. It's yeah, fun. Good. Well, we're happy to have you here. Very and, happy. Uh, yes. Uh, check you. out drsteve.com for all the stuff. And then uh, don't forget to check out our podcast at the Laugh Button or anywhere else where you can get it. We're back on Spotify and we are back on uh, Stitcher, should be full-time. If you go to Stitcher and it's not coming up. Um, uh, you spelled weird wrong. You know, that <laughs> right? happens. That happens because yeah. weird is spelled weird. It's not I, you know, I after whatever E, e except, except after C. C. Right. It's W-E-I-R-D. I, the way I used to remember that when I was a kid is it's spelled weird. <laughs> Get <Okay>. it? Because <laughs> yeah. you spell weird in a weird way. Um and then uh, what else? Oh, yeah. So if that happens to you, the fix that we found is uh, unsubscribe, delete the, that podcast off of your Stitcher, and then uh, re-look at it again because we're using a different RSS feed, and uh, then it'll repopulate and everything will be fine. So there you go. Cool. All right. Very good. So, uh, gosh, did anything happen in the news this week? I, I can't think of anything. Hail fire! Oh yes, okay. It's like, it's like a it's like a darn. So we're, <laughs> we're recording fireworks. this October seventh, twenty twenty, and the president has just been released from uh, Walter Reed Walter Reed Memorial Hospital uh, with uh, a diagnosis of COVID nineteen, and apparently they had a big old staff meeting. Who, and whoever brought it in just kind of gave it to everybody. So they've got a bunch of people that have it now. This can happen. Anywhere. It really literally yeah. can happen anywhere. It happens all the time. That's why we have, you know, X million cases in this country and 200,000 people who have uh, tragically succumbed to this illness. Um, yeah, Tacey. They're called super spreader events. Well, yes. Yeah. So I wonder what the definition of super spreader event is it, it, because they had what? Thir- thir- how many people did they have? Um, I'm not sure. It was a, quite a few. I always thought the super spreaders were the, uh, well, okay, let's talk for a second about R sub zero. R sub zero is the number of theoretical uh, infections that one infected person will uh, inflict on a uh, on a vulnerable population. Okay, and then there's the R sub, and, and so for SARS-CoV-2, or the virus that causes COVID-19, the disease, uh, that number is approximately 2.4. So one person will 
all things being equal, infect about 2.4 people. The R sub T, though, is the real world number, and that varies by location. I think the highest in this country right now is about 1.3, and most of them are hovering right around 1.1 to 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's about a quarter of the country is back below one, meaning that one person will infect less than one person. So a thousand people, if it's 0.9, a thousand people would infect 900, which would then turn around and affect 810, and then 720, et cetera, right. 630. And <clears throat> that's that's what we're looking for. We want to get that number below one. So. Um, uh, so I would assume a super spreader is anybody that that does a a multiple of 2.4. But did you get a definition there? Well, what this is talking about is the September 26th Supreme Court nomination ceremony in the White House Rose oh, Garden. Okay, pegging it as a potential super spreader event event because at least 6,000 people attended meetings, rallies, and other gatherings with them within the week of September 26th. Okay, okay, yeah, that may be. Okay, so I wonder what the definition of a super spreader is. Let's look it up. I wasn't expecting this to come up, but I'm I'm curious. Okay, a person infected with a bacterium, virus, or other microorganism who transmits it to an unusually large number of people, so they don't really define it. Okay, here we go. Um, here's COVID-19 super spreaders, definitional quandaries and implications. Okay, um, this is from... Asian Bioethics Review. This is a journal I'm, I'm picking up at PubMed. It says on its widest definition, it refers to a propensity to infect a larger than average number than people. So really, if the average is uh, 2.4 for the R sub zero, anything greater than that could be defined as a super spreader. But that doesn't seem right. Is no. it? You infect three people, you're not really a super spreader. So that's a, that doesn't seem like a very effective definition. Maybe it's um, just anything greater than that 2.4 number. You well, know, that's what I just said. Possibly, yeah, yeah, it seems. It sounds kind of. You know, if you do three, wrong, are yeah. you really a super spreader? But okay, so they're just saying an unusually large number of people. So we kind of know that when we see it, right? An unusually large number. So if one person, if Hope Hicks is patient zero at the White House and infected 16 or more people, then yes, that would be a super spreader event. Does she get a break because she's really pretty? I don't know. Is she? I don't know who she is. She's pretty attractive. Is she? Well, good for you. Good for her and good for you for, for pointing that oh, out. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah no, that's fine. She yeah, gets good. a little break. All right. Well, maybe we'll for get, being a super spreader. Maybe we'll get her number. <laughs> she's an overachiever. Here's <laughs> MIT Technology Review says, what is a super spreader? Let's see what, they, what MIT says. They're pretty smart. Uh, what the word is a generic term for an unusually contagious individual who's been infected with disease. So it didn't really tell us anything. Uh, typhoid Mary would be an example of a super spreader. Oh, yeah. She had uh, the bacterium un, uh, uh, colonized her gallbladder and uh, lived in the crevices of her gallstones. And apparently every time that, you know, she stooled, then she was spreading, uh, uh, you know, typhoid around. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Fascinating. So uh, so where were we with that? So, yeah, so he uh, was in and out of the hospital pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, he. It looks like from what I can determine, and this is just from gleaning it from the news, and you know how medical journalism is, uh, that he got a combination of dexamethasone, remdesivir, and then antibody 
uh, cocktail. That I, I couldn't determine whether those were manufactured antibodies or if that was a uh, convalescent serum. Mm. Ralphie, I that, never heard anybody say. Get under there, buddy. That's that's nothing under there for you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we're we're joined by Ralphie and Rosie today. Hey, Ralphie, do you want to say something to your fans? Say no, Dad. I think I'm just gonna. Walk around, knock things over yeah. with my wagging tail. Yeah. He's very, <laughs> because he's a good boy. He's a very good boy. He is an F2 Labradoodle, which I cannot recommend that you buy one of those. <laughs> an F2 Labradoodle is when you breed a Labradoodle to a Labradoodle. And uh, they don't breed true, so they can mm-hmm. go anywhere from full poodle to full lab. Now, L- Ralphie is pretty Labradoodly. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Uh, but his sister is 100% golden retriever. retriever. (laughs) There's no labradoodle in her. And Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, she's a genetic weirdo because she's got foreshortened limbs and she... uh, uh, I've never seen anything like her. She never had her period uh, before we had her spayed and all that kind of stuff. So I think I thought she was a Turner Syndrome dog. (laughs) You know, they're XO. They they don't have the second sex hormone. Right. But the um, the 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 veterinarian didn't think so. But she she ain't no labradoodle. Now we mm-hmm. love her, and she's sweet as she can be. She's yes, sweetest she dog we've ever had. But that's she's not what we paid no. for. No, but she anyway, isn't. If you want a a, a quote unquote real labradoodle, uh, you want to get one that's that is bred from. Um, Oh, now he's going to knock that over. Oh, okay. yeah, he will. Get that, ta- that tail will get it. From a, a, you know, a full-bred lab and a full-bred poodle. But uh, not from a puppy mill, though, I guess. So I didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. So, well, it was a great idea to I have them up here during yeah. the radio show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's always a good idea. Well, we killed two minutes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> makes us seem, now they're barking downstairs. more, more um, approachable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so he got this uh, combination of those drugs. And, you know, if you're I've heard people say, well, that must mean that he's sicker than than they let on. And the truth of the matter is, if you are at Walter Reed Hospital and your client is the president of the United States, you're not going to treat them the same way. And I know it's you know, it's crazy, but you get the leader of the free world in there for better or ill, whatever your opinion of him is. I'm it's that's your I'm a libertarian. I don't have an, a specific political opinion uh, about him, but um, whatever your opinion is, that they are going to treat him differently. Yes. And uh, they're not going to have a president die on their watch if there's anything they can do about it, so they're going to hit him with the kitchen sink. As long as the kitchen sink, the risks aren't greater than the benefits, so there's very little risk to remdesivir, Mm. very little risk to a short term course of dexamethasone and then the convalescent serum there's basically no uh, risk yeah. so um and, and apparently he did pretty well now scott you were concerned that he was dyspneic walking up the stairs yeah yeah and i want to mention too that that, that his his physician mentioned he is taking some supplements that they feel like may have helped for a couple of interesting reasons okay but yeah when, yeah, when, yeah it's kind of interesting when, when yeah so when he was huffing it up the steps and of course he may be short of breath every time he has yeah i was going to say he, huffs, he may be have you ever time. seen have you ever paid attention to him walking up steps before yeah. no but of course yeah. no there is video record of it but I, I hear all these people say oh he's short of breath he's short of breath 
Okay, you do get short-winded yep. with this virus, that's for sure. Yep. And um, I've never actually paid attention to yep. how how tachypneic, meaning fast mm-hmm. breathing, or dyspneic, meaning disordered breathing, or difficulty breathing, mm-hmm. that he has ever gotten when he's walked up. I've never seen him walk up those stairs before. Mm-hmm. I get short-winded when I walk up a flight of and stairs. And if you're wearing a mask, you're going to be a little bit more that, compromised. Too. That sucks. Walking up, yep. walking up stairs with that damn mask tough. on is tough, and it's not even... Fun. It just you feel like you're smothering, even though you're not. Mm-hmm. And I even did my uh, pulse oximetry going upstairs just for fun, just to see. And uh, it, I, even though I felt subjectively like I was more short of breath than usual, my pulse oximetry didn't change. So I was able to compensate for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. But real, you know, Doctor Steve, real quickly, what they, were the supplements you're talking? They, about? They were talking about it's kind of interesting because I did not know this until today. But evidently, he's taking a, da- a daily aspirin. Okay. He's taken well, Pepsid, and I think the Fomitidine in it is. This is interesting. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of intriguing because the the combination here. It's Fomitidine, by the way, but that's how they pronounce it. In unless China. unless you're in China, Fomitidine. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and so the aspirin it obviously helps their islet sales. <laughs> those islet sales are pretty difficult to treat anyhow. <laughs> but um the um but you know the aspirin of course is going to help if someone is to get really critically ill with blood clotting so calm down the blood clots and certainly with inflammation yeah he the, may um, be taking it for to prevent heart attack and, and he might have been on it anyway daily anyway yep. is a prophylactic but but they're saying that the combination of these might have helped him get better quickly the um they think that for what the um the fomatidine fomatidine <laughs> is an is an h2 blocker right so it blocks histamine receptor type 2 and then you can also take an H1 blocker at the same time. So there's some mm-hmm. evidence out there for people who have pulmonary right. uh, complications that it actually helps because you're blocking both histamine receptors. And particularly if someone is starting to uh, is starting to turn the corner into that cytokine storm we've talked right. about before, that may help. If they're otherwise asymptomatic, I can't imagine it really does anything mm-hmm. other than, you know— um, Maybe just quells the storm just, to, yeah, just maybe, enough where they can maybe. Kind of, the body can kind of keep it suppressed. So let's tell everybody yeah. what famotidine is. That's over-the-counter Pepsid. Right, Pepsid. And then an H1 blocker would be um, cetirizine, which is Zyrtec, mm-hmm. or diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl. Benadryl sure. And so there are, there's a, a study or two in the medical literature showing that that combination in people with pulmonary complications from COVID did a little better. So that's, you know, that's interesting. We're learning. Mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like this, yeah. where a disease has emerged, and then everyone gets to see the science as it's published. They're, they're, people who have never heard of a pre-publication study are reading pre-publication studies on the internet. Mm-hmm. And they're watching this, all this information unfold, and we have these sort of uh, cul-de-sacs where we get bad information, then that's got to be uh, weeded out, and then we cull that from the tree of possible treatments. And all of this stuff is happening in real time, and we're seeing it for the first time. We're seeing science in action when it's not just... You know, um, science is becoming cool. Yeah, well, yeah, you know? yeah it actually matters. It does matter yeah. because when when you're doing a long term twenty year study looking at I don't know, and this is a cool video by the way, uh, tracking stars uh, that are orbiting around the black hole in the center of our galaxy. By the way, if you've never seen that video, Google it. It's incredible, and um, but that doesn't. If, if I never knew about that, it wouldn't impact my life. It's cool. Mm. 
But no one pays attention to that stuff. Right. The, the actual science is going on. They, they'll look at the video and go, wow, that's cool. But as far as the science going right, into right. To that or figuring out uh, that there's more matter in galaxies than there should be. And so the dark matter, all that stuff is fascinating. But it doesn't really impact our lives very much until, of course, when they figure out from all of that dark matter stuff that we can harness dark energy and then we've got anti-gravity devices and stuff. That would be cool as hell. Mm-hmm. But again, they'll, people will see the end result of that. Mm-hmm. They won't be following the science. Now, people are picking apart um, scientific studies in real time on Twitter. Right. You know, hey, look at this study. Well, that one is, uh, you know, anecdotal. And so it's amazing how people have become pretty sophisticated at that. Also, people have become sophisticated at distorting Oh, gosh, or yeah. or uh, presenting statistics in such a way that meets their narrative as well. Their and that's narrative. always a problem. That's the key. <laughs> but, so. um, yeah. But then two, last two ones real quick. I'll make them real quick. Yeah, yeah, short, yeah. Short yeah of course. But the other one was zinc, which which has been shown to, to lessen and shorten uh, the, the complications of the common cold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And coronavirus yeah. is a common cold. Yeah. So it, you would, it follows that it should, should. be somewhat yeah. helpful. Again, none of this is is set well, in stone. Let's look it up. It, well, it, while you're talking, I'll, and, I'll search it and see. Yeah, and, and the other final one is vitamin D. Um, and the interesting thing, of course, we've talked about vitamin D on this show for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but And they're not saying it's going to make you better. But what they did say, and as we've talked about this a thousand times on this show, in Italy and Spain, where they had um, the uh, countries that had the highest mortality rates, um, they had the, they found patients had the lowest levels of vitamin D. In Isn't that blood. interesting? In a mm-hmm. while, which doesn't mean giving the vitamin D makes them better. That's but, right. Ooh, yeah. Dr. Scott. But. Wait. Oops, wait, wait, wait. I want Give the other yourself one. a yeah, bill. I want that one. That one That's right. It could just be a marker for susceptibility, not the cause of the right. susceptibility. But anyway, but. My it's, my stance has always been there's no downside going, to taking right, vitamin D going. as long as you don't mega dose. Don't take too much. Yep. Go ahead. That's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah, okay. all, <laughs> and, and of course he needs some Wong Chi or Astragalus, of course. Of course. He's not taking that, but he should be. So um, there was a study in uh, Japan that measured zinc levels in the blood of about 30 COVID-19 patients when they were admitted to the hospital. And there was zinc deficiency in 14% of them that you know, stayed in with mild to moderate COVID-19, but 86% of patients that progressed to severe COVID-19. Again, doesn't mean that if you took zinc, that wouldn't happen, but there was a correlation, which does not imply causation between uh, a a low zinc level and progressing into severe COVID-19. So then there was another one in India, and they looked at 49 uh, COVID-19 patients and 45 healthy participants. And, and when they were admitted to the hospital, the patients had overall lower zinc levels than the healthy group. So it could be that COVID-19 somehow causes your body to you know, excrete zinc at a higher level, too. Mm. We just don't know yet. I don't have a real problem with taking zinc supplements. Um, I'm, I'm not aware. You might want to look and see if there's any adverse offense from that. I know sure. there are adverse effects to zinc if you take it intranasally. The the zinc nasal spray caused some people to lose their sense of smell, and for some people it was permanent. So hmm. so uh, you want to take it in a lozenge or uh, orally if you're going to take it. Um, there, now, this one I don't think has been published yet. So this was pre-publication data. 
Um, e- uh, each unit increase in blood zinc levels at admission decreased the risk of death by 7%, and zinc deficiency increased the risk of death by two to three times. So um, zinc status could be a risk, but not necessarily a causal factor for severe COVID-19. I want to see the studies where people who are, you know, they get sick they and they're taking zinc, or they take it and they don't, and they either few of them, fewer of them get it, or fewer of them die. Okay. And that I haven't seen. I looked it up. If anybody, yeah, look at that under pub, uh, pubmed.gov. Yeah, and, you do that, Scott. And, yeah. Tasty's so happy. I'm and here. anybody who wants to uh, look at these studies for themselves, just go to pubmed.gov and you can find all kinds of cool crap in there. Ton, there's thousands of COVID 19 studies. And you can find just about one to, if you have a narrative, you can find a study that'll back it'll you up. It'll fit mm-hmm. your yeah, <laughs> narrative exactly. All right. Did you have anything else? No, Those I, are really interesting. Yeah, yeah cool. take a look for that. See if there are any prospective studies I'm on, it. on, I'm on zinc. It. I'm in PubMed as we speak. Because I, I used to take zinc for common colds all the time, and it oh, yeah, always seemed to help. Yep, me too. And there's some data that says it, it probably shortens the duration of the cold. Well, the zinc just helps with common metabolic functions. You Does know, it? It helps with healing and um, wound wound care. You know, if you want you want to have high levels or at least healthy levels hmm. of zinc to help with, with normal Well, metabolic I would have to functions. see those studies, but that's interesting. I believe you. Trust just, me. You know, I'm an expert. <laughs> all right let's see um all right well you want to take some phone calls yeah let's do it yeah let's do it okay number one thing don't take advice from some asshole on the radio and that would be me all right or me or definitely scott i'm a a big fan (laughs) i have a question um i go to the gym and my dick looks like when i'm done when i'm exercising it gets to the size of a of an acorn top (laughs) But everyone else's dick in the locker room looks normal. Why every time I exercise or do any kind of physical work, my dick shrinks up like a infant? Yeah. First off, why are you looking at their dicks? I just got to ask the question. Hey, but shrinkage. It's I don't a understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just stand in the middle and go, it's the shrinkage. shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> Is well, this you worried about? I don't know. No, no. No, hell no. So uh, I'll tell you what's going on, I bet. You're coming straight from working out, and you you probably you may not be taking a shower or getting in the hot tub. You're just putting your clothes on, and you have a very active what's called a cremaster reflex, and that's a, a group of muscles that'll pull the the uh, scrotum up. Particularly, like right. if you if if your scrotum is hanging down, and you take a feather and um, you know do like what Tacey does mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm just kidding but <laughs> if you if you um, you know rub it across the scrotum it'll sh- it'll it'll shy draw, away right. from it it'll draw up or if yeah. you're if you get in cold water it'll do the same thing mm-hmm. and that is designed to keep the testicles at a constant temperature because they they have a narrow temperature range by which they can mature sper- mm-hmm. sperm cells in so uh, if if they're too warm like ninety eight six, they can't they can't do it. That's why your nuts have to hang below your taint mm-hmm. to get the temperature down just that couple of degrees so that the sperm cells can mature. And then if they get too cold, then it'll pull it closer to the body. So it's kind of a temperature regulator. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's hard to to um, uh, contract that muscle and not retract your penis at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is 
get out, you know, get out of your workout clothes. And you, you could even do it right outside the shower. Jump in the shower. Hot water will relax that cremaster muscle, and then you can display your penis for all the men in the in there, which is, you know, I and guess what he's trying to do. It's a thing. But you got to figure, too, he's, you know, as far as vascular <laughs> supply, that's the last place you need a lot of blood flow right after workout. You're going to have it in your muscles. That's right. So some of it's been dispersed so, and, and sent to other I'm more, guessing the guys yeah. that are really showing off. Aren't um, working out too damn hard. Well, well right. There's always, though, there, there's always somebody like that in yeah. the gym. But I think yeah, what, they're, what they're doing is they're getting in the hot tub after yeah, or they're getting in the shower. Up, yeah. And then they're coming out and he's seeing them there. Right. This after is blood just, flows re- returned back to that's normal. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's just been diverted. That'd be my guess. Yeah, yeah. He's diverting yeah. blood flow uh, away from his GI tract right. too. Right. So it's it's that's why you don't want to eat right after you've worked out because your blood flow is not uh, adequately uh, hitting your GI tract. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. Well, for some people, some people can do it. But. Hey, Doctor Steve. This is Brandon from Michigan. Hey, Brandon. Uh, I have a. Uh... A wonderment. Uh, is there possibly a predisposition to being the one in a million? Okay. <clears throat> I just thought of something. I've got to get this out before I forget it. Okay. There's a guy named Mike, and he emailed me for the short rib, the obstinate daughter short rib recipe. Mm. And his Mike, your email address was incorrect. And when you guys, when you go through, contact, you know, drsteve.com and click contact, be real careful that you put your email address in exactly correctly, because if you don't, I can't email you back. And when I tried to email him back, it bounced. So if you want the short ribs and gnocchi, um, the ricotta gnocchi recipe from Obstinate Daughter in Sullivan's Island. The best South ever. Carolina. It's insane. It's insane. And Scott is a vegetarian, and he... And even, I still like it. He even loves it. Yeah. Uh, P.A. John said it was the best meal he's ever had in his life, and yeah. I made it. So... Uh, go to doctors. He talked on and on about the flavors. He did. Oh yeah, yeah. He was, and, he, and he didn't know the, the flavors are exploding. It was like in my double mouth. vasectomy, Todd, when he was talking about those bowls and how vibrant they vibrant were. Vibrant anyway, colors. <clears throat> yeah, it was the same thing. Yeah, it was, this is like an explosion of flavor in my mouth. Saying, John, <laughs> I, I'm glad you like it. I mean, it really makes me feel good. But shut the f up. But anyway. Um, uh, so go to drsteve.com and just put in in the upper right hand corner. There's a um, uh, search box and just put in short rib and it'll come up. Okay. All right. Very good. Sorry. Uh, for instance, when I was younger, uh, H1N1 was going around. My doctor said, hey, you're really sick. Uh, one in a million that you have this the flu swab and then, hey, guess what? I- well, okay. Number one, they're overestimating that. Um, usually 60 million people will get it. So what's 60 million out of 350 million? Well, 60 million, it'd be one fit, be 20%. So a little less than 20%. Mm-hmm. So it's not one in a million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It would be 20 out of a hundred, which would be what? One in five, right? Mm-hmm. It's not one in a million. No. Okay. So that's first off. At H1N1, uh, later on down the road, I've had multiple back surgeries and hey, it's a one in a million that this bolt in your back is going to break. And lo and behold, I've had two breaks over the last uh, decade or so. And I'll guarantee you the odds of that aren't one in a million either. No. They're called failed back surgeries. Yeah. You see them all the day. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. 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 okay. Strike two. And then... Um, 
his his doctors just need to get better a better vocabulary. Yeah, they need they need to do a better job. One in a million. Well, you're, I guess you're one in a million, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> one in a million. Beautiful yeah. daughters of my wife. We're covered and, up. Um, <laughs> And the doctor said, hey, Let me man, guess. one in a million of a major complication, and it resulted in staph infection oh. in my balls. Okay, so oh. th- that's not a one in a million, but that is a little less it's, common. It's not one in a million either. But... So uh, post-vasectomy, let's just look it up. Okay. Post-vasectomy uh, infection. Can I, can, can I say that I know of a case of that, uh-huh. and it's turned out with some infection and scarring and the testicles swelled up to about the size of a basketball so oh my goodness okay yeah. so it's four yeah. percent yeah infection <laughs> occurs in up to four percent of men who undergo vasectomy so that ain't one no, in a million, one million that's four that's in a hundred yeah so that'd be one in 25 yeah. not so, one in a million but almost yeah strike three uh, this guy's still unlucky. Oh yeah, he'll yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, now I'd say that's not one in four. So let, or, <clears throat> I'd say that's not four percent. Let's say that's um uh point one percent. Actually I know two of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's so that'd be one in a terrible. thousand. One in a thousand ain't one in a million though. No. So never won the lottery, so apparently it only happens with <laughs> I'm just curious so far. any kind of uh, dis- predisposition that you've ever heard of. Okay. Um, uh, yes. I, well, go ahead, Dr. T. I was just going to say, yeah. we don't believe in luck, but the but. insurance companies do. Yes, they do. They have people who are called, quote-unquote, accident-prone, and uh, when they do their actuarial tables, they will jack the, Factor their premium. There. That's my understanding. Not health insurance, because I, that's probably illegal, but like auto insurance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just a string of bad luck. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just born under, like the song says, a bad sign. He just has a lot of bad, you know, just a bad luck. You know? Well, his if it's infections, he and if, if if he had a whole bunch of different, like, post-op infections and stuff, mm-hmm. I'd say have your primary look at your immune right. system and make sure that there's not a deficiency there. But this is different stuff. This mm-hmm. is, you but know. He's had a couple high-risk stuff, too, that could go bad quickly yeah. you know so what i mean so, so he had the, the back surgery yeah multiple back surgeries and then the h1n1 well that's yeah. not one in a million yeah. so this is really the only thing that's unusual to be honest with you yeah. that that's you know out of the norm yeah but i think i think poor guys has got terrible luck yeah but you know we do believe in luck if you're baseball players i'll tell you you know when i played i played what four years oh in, god they oh, won't, no. they'll wear the same shirt or, i wore the same you know this this is honestly i wore the same pair of underwear yeah Four years in high school and four more years in college. Every yeah. game. Every game. Same pair. Now, they're always washed and they're clean, but the same pair of underwear. My last game, I just took them off and they're just shredded. I just threw them away. Same <laughs> pair of underwear. <clears throat> but it's all about it's luck. Well, so in sports, luck in that regard has to do with a, oh, men- with psych- a mental oh, game. Mental, yeah, for sure. Because if you're not wearing them and then you think that you're not wearing oh, I'm not wearing my lucky undies, yeah. then subscribe. you're going to play You're going to play poorly, yeah. 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 And uh, and so then it becomes self fulfilling. Yeah, we need to. So the guy needs he he needs to have good luck before his next procedure. Yeah, that's right. Good thoughts. We'll send you good thoughts. Breaking HIPAA violation. Can you um, can so from a psychological standpoint, could he come see you? Sure, you would give him some good chi that would improve his luck. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I need that, Scott. Yeah, you know what I'll do. A lot of times, if someone's God. Bless America. If if um if um someone's going to have a procedure, and sorry, really the dog just ran out of here with a cord run around her neck. Yeah, not 
in a wagging tail. Hey, but yep. um, yeah, but what I'll do is is I'll uh, actually help them get much more mentally. Yeah. Um, in a pleasant place prior yeah. to surgery, lowering anxiety, and, and, and I'll do it a lot, especially when when gals are going in for infertility treatments specifically. Sure. Uh, well, um, stress yeah. mm-hmm. can affect fertility. Oh. We know that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Our, Tacey, do you mind if e- I every just time, tell the Reader's Digest? Every time we oh, um, yeah, go ahead. Go. conceived, we were on a vacation, mm-hmm. and my doctor actually always have a – back then I had a planner with me, mm-hmm. and he said, you just need to leave that at home. Because we were having trouble, mm-hmm. Tacey was on, I almost said COVID, on Clomid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, oh, you know, the first time we did it, um, or, I mean, that we when we had Liam, uh, we tried and tried and tried. And I loved it in the sense that, you know, Tacey would go, okay, well, you know, it's time. We need to go, you know, try to make a baby. And we we're, were in the middle of a party once. She grabbed me. <laughs> and um, that was awesome. Yeah. Except it, the crying, at, yeah, you know, yeah. for two weeks I'm afterward. I'm not pregnant when now. She get pregnant. That, yeah. that kind of sucked. If I had been a sociopath, that might have added to the to the, uh, to to the the whole experience. But no, yeah. I didn't. I'm he, not. You know he yeah. liked it. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't like it when you were crying. I don't like it. And uh, But then, so then we decided to have another kid. And I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, and uh, th- right before we were going to start trying and get her back on the clomid again, because we, how long was it? Was it 15 months or something? It was something a long time. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, she went and, uh, of course, before they do the, start the clomid again you have to do a pregnancy test she was already pregnant mm-hmm. she came in my office and said i'm already i'm already pregnant we're good and we had just been on vacation that time too mm-hmm. so no more no more nookie for you nope, Dr. Steve. Uh, nope. Was all it, all. i live by that to this day <laughs> hey hey Tace, I, I swear i'll never forget the day we're walking down the hall um and that little clinic we used to be in he oh you might have been there oh yeah oh you there. were there yeah that day. And, he, and he's like oh my god dr scott we started doing the math. Do you believe it? I'm like, yeah, you'll be like 70. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you'll be, gra- you'll be papa. I, don't know I will be 68 when Beck graduates from high school. Oh, and I, yeah, yeah, I remember calculating that. I remember. Then. I was yeah. 50. And we're getting the hell we were, out of here. We were, yes, we are. Yeah, that's right. When we started watching all those crazy YouTube videos. Remember the crazy fat kid that had the, the um, he was doing all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, the stuff, Star Wars kid, stuff. yeah. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. If you, this, I don't know, we, we were de- derailed the shit out of this conversation, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but the yeah. Star Wars kid's one of the, still to me, one of the greatest things ever done. He was great. They catch this kid videotaping himself and he forgot to erase it and all his friends were like no you know and so they showed it and they put it up on the internet everybody gave this poor kid shit and he was pretty funny watching him do it but then the cool kids the cool nerds came and put him in like the matrix and he was fighting all the smiths from uh matrix 2 and they did all these cool things with him and then they ended up uh, raising money for him and put him through college. Yeah, that's awesome. That. It, so did they really? Cool. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he, yeah. yeah the Star Wars he, kid. He's got. I mean, I hope he did great. Yeah, me too. Great. Me too. So he's having a good time. I'm sure he's whipping some ass. <laughs> he's one of my, for him. Well, he's laser. one of my favorite yeah. internet people. Oh my god. We had so much fun. Oh, my God. Because you'd never seen uh, anything like it. No, back then. no. It yeah, was all it was, new. It was all so new. Yeah, was yeah. Like, what are you watching, Dr. Sleep? He goes, come here. you got to see this. 
All right. Where were we? <laughs> oh, bad luck guy. That'll so, go, yeah, yeah. Uh, come see Dr. Scott, and he'll load you up with some uh, good chi and see if that doesn't improve your luck. And uh, let's do that with Tacy too. We can do, yeah, and, and just, just, just. But luck is a state of mind. It is a state. And we, we did have a, one of our friends from uh, Middle Tennessee bring his mom in to see me. Said, For good luck, because she's no, going to the well, casino. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> pain, pain, yeah, pain, okay, pain, yeah. Yeah, pain. And um, just God, what a lovely lady. Oh, my God, she was great. Oh, that's good. It was cool. So, so um, you, you can never – let's talk just about luck just for a second philosophically. Sure. If you always hear gamblers talk about, oh, I'm on a streak, I'm on a streak. You can never say you are on a streak. You can always say that you were on a streak. Mm-hmm. Because whatever happens, if I roll the dice, uh, whatever I roll this time, it has nothing. What I did before has no impact on that. Mm -hmm. The dice don't remember what Mm -hmm. they rolled, so you're never due for a six or a seven or whatever. But um, you might roll, uh, you know, a, a seven if you're playing craps 20 times in a row. And you can double up every time you do that if you just let it ride, you know. And you can say, and when that's done, after you <laughs> did the 21st time and you lost everything, you say, wow, I was on a streak. That is okay to say because there are streaks. You just can't say you are on one mm-hmm. because you can never predict what's going to happen next time. It could all come crashing down next mm-hmm. time. I did a, an analysis back when I was really into uh, computer programming and um, on um, – uh, craps, and what I my my thing was is that I always seemed to be up a little bit, and then I would if I lost, I was always up before I lost. Mm-hmm. So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have this really sort of boring strategy that as soon as I hit, I'm up to if I start with a thousand dollars, if I'm up a hundred bucks, I quit. Mm-hmm. So you go up. Uh, 10%. So when you, whenever you hit 10%, you quit. So then I set up a simulation in the computer mm-hmm. and ran it uh, like a, a million times. And what I found was I ended up exactly at the odds that you should mm-hmm. if the dice were fair. And where, so it's like 50, if you play perfectly, it's like 51 to 49%. Wow. So I would lose. Fifty-one percent of the time, win forty-nine. And I was like, like seriously, who does that? Though? I, well, okay, no one person. Yeah, I know. But exactly. I wanted to know why that could happen. And mm-hmm. so what I noticed was, most of the time, you got up ten percent. Nine times out of ten, you'd get up ten percent. But that last time, you'd start off losing, and then you never got back again. Then you'd lose everything, yeah. and that made up for all the other times when you won ten percent, and it worked out. It was exactly you know the odds that are published in all of the. Uh, the books for the craps, shoot, yeah. you know, so it was really interesting. So there's no system like that that will really beat the system. Yeah. And for it to be the same, then that's boring as shit. You want to get in there when the when the table's on a is really hot and mm-hmm. you have one of those nights where everybody's high five and yep. and you, you make all this money. And then, the you know, you live for those nights yeah. and just forget the other ones. But anyway. All right. I don't you know. That's that's on me. So good luck, buddy. Um. Uh oh, the bad the bad luck guy. Good luck. Jeff from Las Vegas. Had a question about COVID nineteen and people with the CCR five Delta thirty two mutation. Okay. I uh, learned about this when I got my twenty three andme done. Turns out I'm homozygous for the uh, gene deletion, which means I am resistant to most strains of AIDS um, or HIV. And I was wondering if 
this might confer any resistance to uh, COVID-19. Okay, that's an interesting question. So uh, we're always looking for people that might be naturally resistant Mm -hmm. to these uh, infections, right? Sure. And so there is this, um, it it doesn't matter what it is, but there's this um, allele called CCR5 Delta 32. And the people who express a lot of that um, and uh, have a higher risk when they just look at it epidemiological epidemiologically dang it logically epidemiologically thank you um uh that they will have an increased risk of infection and death so it does follow that if you have a mutation where you don't have that receptor that you would have a decreased susceptibility but i could not find a single study because i think those those uh, Delta 32 deletions are more rare. I mean, well, they're rare mm-hmm. or uncommon, so they just haven't studied enough people. But it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, but I, I have no information on that. I think it's probably so rare it'd be hard to study. Uh, yeah, I think it would be. So I wouldn't go crazy, but no. you might be. And he was, he said he was heterozygous, which means that he's got one normal gene. He's only got one abnormal gene. So he's still got the receptor. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on how those things are expressed. Do you sure. need two full genes to do the full expression, or do you not? Don't know the answer to that. If any geneticists out there know the answer to that, that'd be very interesting. All right, let's do something we can all answer. Hey, Dr. Steve, curious on your opinion of a DO versus an MD. Oh, yeah. Okay. All to right. me, the DO seems to make a lot of sense. However, if it's a bunch of... Uh, nonsense then maybe not it's not nonsense no No. i don't think so it's not nonsense okay Mm. so do's are doc uh doctors of osteopathy and they have the same curriculum they can go to the same residencies as mds do but they also get training in uh, uh osteopathic manipulation so and it's different than chiropractic manipulation so it is based on uh, pain relief and some uh, some science, and they've got some pretty good studies. So uh, they'll their their initial guy, and I can't remember his name. Still, I think was his AP name. AP Still. I was going to yeah. say, do you know that you and I know his grand great granddaughter? Really, we do. Oh, interesting. Well, we tell have, me later who that I'll is. I'll tell you later. Okay, maybe we can talk about it. Okay, it's pretty fascinating. So uh, what he one of the first things he came up with was, if you have someone that's in pain, find a position that alleviates the pain. If you got to put them on their stomach and put their hip up in the air and twist it around, but you find that place where the where they kind go, no, neutral, it doesn't hurt anymore. Kind of a neutral position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then hold it there. Mm-hmm. And when you undo it, the pain is lessened. Yep. So that was one of the first discoveries that he made, and that actually yep. worked. Can I tell you what he did? That yeah. The very first time, he, I'll make it quick. Yeah. He had neck pain. He, he tied a little rope. Yeah, because I can't see the clock anymore. He tied a rope between two, because um, he followed his dad around. He made elixirs, mm-hmm. um, and they used to give them to physicians, and he had a neck pain nobody could treat. And he tied a rope between two trees that were really close together mm-hmm. and laid his head back on the rope and turned it. To where it, to the right, I guess, where it hit that facet. It was probably just a hot facet joint. Yeah, and um, went to sleep, and he woke back up, and his neck didn't hurt. And anymore. he was still alive. That's he was one still thing. Up, yeah, but no, he was on the ground. I mean, it sounds it was, like autoerotic asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. This was behind his neck. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, wasn't okay. he was not choking himself. It was a, yeah, it was yeah. a Straight line. Okay. So it's like traction we kind of use now. Yeah. And um and he and he he so he came up with this concept to start osteopathic medicine is over in Jonesville, Virginia. 
That's all. right down the street from us, right? Yeah. Virginia wouldn't let him start a medical school, so he, he went to Kansas, and that's why the first osteopathic medical school is out there. Wow. Yeah. When I was in Michigan, yeah. all of my doctors were DOs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's regional. Sure. For, at one time in this country or in this uh, state, DOs had a hard time getting uh, hospital privileges. Now, you know, I'd say probably a good quarter of the physicians here are DOs. I Would think their schools experience? cost a lot more, too, than medical schools. Well, I guess it depends. Well, but. you know, that's what that's what the ones I know can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but, they're all expensive um, now. I mean, they? they're everywhere now, especially yeah. Sure. here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, one of my um, OBGYN professors was a DO. So, mm-hmm. so they're the same. If you see DO or MD after the name, uh, they will have the same knowledge. They take basically the same exams to become licensed in your state, and they take the the, the you know it's they're basically the same. But a DO. Uh, can do manipulation, although I know a whole lot of them like they me with OB. Just they don't. just cast hey, it away. Mm-hmm. Maria, you know Maria. My ex-wife was she's a DO. Oh, I didn't you know I didn't yeah, know that. Sure is, but yeah, she she went the path of medicine and she never she never did a not a single manipulation. Yeah. Well, the it's like day I, after she finished. I delivered 250 babies in my uh career and you know as a resident I never delivered again, yeah, but yeah. it did uh it wasn't wasted. At least you got the the knowledge. Well, it wasn't wasted yeah. in that I had the knowledge that I could deliver one if I had to, but also I was really good good I'd done um, you know, if I delivered 250, I probably did 5,000 pelvic exams. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at knowing the normal anatomy and at doing a normal mm-hmm. pelvic exam. Yep. So, so that was not wasted. Same thing with a DO. You know, mm-hmm. they uh, the DOs I know know way more about um, anatomy. skeletal anatomy yeah. Agreed. Totally. than I do at this and, point. And do a little better physical exams than some of the. Yeah, I think so. The guys I preset for tend to a little better yeah doing so, physical exams yeah so yeah no you got it now if you got a dom that's a whole nother story that's what <laughs> scott is <laughs> makes you special <laughs> but it but if you're going to go to an acupuncturist though mm. find a dom yeah, find, exactly it's a diplomate of, uh, of oriental medicine right find what you, yeah diplomat or doctor of oriental medicine either. okay it's well, all diplomat is what i prefer yeah okay because i like being diplomatic so a, <laughs> so a diplomate of oriental medicine that's someone that did four-year mm-hmm. traditional chi- uh, you know or tra- traditional chinese medical school mm-hmm. that's not some nut who did a weekend class and then decided, oh, well, you know, you know, acupuncturists can't get licensed in my state anyway, so I'm just going to put my, uh, my shingle and call myself an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. See that everywhere. I, uh, my thing is, look. It's terrible. If you want to go to an herbalist, I have no problem with sure. it. If their grandfather was an herbalist and that person's grandfather was an herbalist Mm -hmm. and it's a long family tradition they've dedicated their life to it go to them it's Mm -hmm. fine they're going to know some stuff but they've dedicated their life to it Mm -hmm. dr scott has dedicated his life to this and he did he went the full road you know he paid for four years of school after college to do this yeah after graduate and uh you know set up his own thing and has been an advocate for trying to get uh you know these procedures that he does covered by insurance and all that stuff that i can respect and but if you just want to practice medicine without a license and go take a weekend class and start doing acupuncture well terrible you know, I maybe i'll do that, that. terrible yeah, idea. Terrible. It's terrible all right um let's see here okay let's try this one uh-oh hello uh-oh 
Mm. Oh, well, okay. I guess we're done answering questions. <laughs> Let's try um, this one. Oh, okay. Hey, Dr. Steve. I was diagnosed probably four years ago with uh, rheumatic fever. I was hospitalized for a number of days. Um, after I was released from the hospital, um, my infectious disease doctor um, recommended and prescribed that I take erythromycin three times a day uh, until I'm 40, which at the time I was 23, I believe, um, which seemed kind of crazy to be on a medication for that long. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just wondering if you would have um, the same suggestion or if you had... Okay, so I know what happened here. This is a person who got rheumatic fever, so you get strep throat and it gets and you miss it, right. <clears throat> and then uh, your body produces antibodies and can cause this thing called rheumatic fever. And one of the complications can be heart, heart, uh, you know, valvular disease. Mm-hmm. So if they catch somebody with rheumatic fever with carditis, they and that's young, they'll tell them to take it for ten years or until they're forty, whichever is longer. Wow. So, um, you know, if you're if you're 35, you'll take it until you're 45. But um, if you're 20 something, which he was, he's going to take it until he's 40. A lot of times uh, they can use other things other than erythromycin, though. So there may there must be a reason why they picked that. Um, I know that they'll use clarithromycin for some people. And uh, but he might want to ask them if he could take something like um, uh, penicillin. Because you can take penicillin, you can take sulfadiazine, but yes, you can take the macrolides, which is erythromycin as well. They're just harder to talk. Gosh, erythromycin Power. three times a day for twenty years would be tough on my yeah. stomach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he could talk to his infectious disease specialist or his rheumatologist, whoever put him on it, and uh, say, um, you know, hey, could we maybe try a different a- antibiotic? So, but yes, I agree with that. If you had carditis. Now, if you didn't, then the um, the secondary uh, prophylaxis regimens are different. So if you had rheumatic fever without carditis, you'd take it five years or until age 21. Wow. Okay. So that's, you know, you don't hear much about rheumatic fever because we're so antibiotic happy in this country that we give antibiotics for anything. And uh, we're, we shouldn't be doing that. But you're probably preventing a few cases of rheumatic fever on the way, too. When's the last time you saw it? I haven't seen a case of rheumatic fever in quite some time. I've seen some people, some older people with rheumatic heart disease. Yep, I've seen That one. had it when they were a kid. When they were kids, yep. And uh, now they're old. Yeah. I had, I had a gal that she was from uh, another country, and she got it when she was a baby over there. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's the only one I've ever seen. Yeah. So uh, Pretty rare. Yeah, we don't want to neglect strep throat that's one of those things that you do want to treat with antibiotics and that it's not because the antibiotics necessarily make you feel better quicker i think they've did a couple or they they've did well they've did a couple of studies um and and i seen them um (laughs) they have done some studies that showed that giving people antibiotics for strep throat really doesn't decrease the severity of the illness very much but it absolutely uh, prevents rheumatic fever, right. and that's why we do it. That's the key. Okay. So anyway, all right, very good. Um, that's all I've got for this week. Uh, many thanks go to Dr. Scott. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me. And uh, Scott's going to try to be here 
uh, for at least the SiriusXM show and maybe the podcast and going forward. We're going to see how that works out. Everything's changed, mm-hmm. so we're, we'll do the best we can get you your Dr. Scott fix. Everything's changed. Your uh, pseudoscience yeah. fix. Yeah. <laughs> we can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Holly Gould, Paul Ofcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, uh, Martha from Arkansas, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Tennis, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, uh, the girl named Chowdy, the great Rob Bartlett, Bernie and Sid, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. And by the way, we signed our contract for yet another year, which kicks in uh, this Saturday. Did I get a raise? No. Dang it. <laughs> you got you get paid? Oh, yes. Handsomely, I would He gets mm. plugs. He does it for the plugs. The hair plugs. Hair plugs. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Or as Anthony Kumia calls them, follicles. They're still hair plugs. They're just tiny little hair plugs. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time. Check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.